section eleven of the promulgation of universal peace volume one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the promulgation of universal peace volume one by abdul baha abbas section eleven six april twenty third nineteen twelve at seventeen hundred eighteenth street washington d c home of mr and mrs arthur j parsons notes by joseph h hannan today i have been speaking from dawn until now yet because of love fellowship and desire to be with you i have come here to speak again briefly within the last few days a terrible event has happened in the world an event saddening to every heart and grieving every spirit i refer to the titanic disaster in which many of our fellow human beings were drowned a number of beautiful souls passed beyond this earthly life although such an event is indeed regrettable we must realize that everything which happens is due to some wisdom and that nothing happens without a reason therein is a mystery but whatever the reason and mystery it was a very sad occurrence one which brought tears to many eyes and distress to many souls i was greatly affected by this disaster some of those who were lost voyaged on the cedric with us as far as naples and afterwards sailed upon the other ship when i think of them i am very sad indeed but when i consider this calamity in another aspect i am consoled by the realization that the worlds of god are infinite that though they were deprived of this existence they have other opportunities in the life beyond even as his holiness christ has said in my father's house are many mansions they were called away from the temporary and transferred to the eternal they abandoned this material existence and entered the portals of the spiritual world foregoing the pleasures and comforts of the earthly they now partake of a joy and happiness far more abiding and real for they have hastened to the kingdom of god the mercy of god is infinite and it is our duty to remember these departed souls in our prayers and supplications that they may draw nearer and nearer to the source itself these human conditions may be likened to the matrix of the mother from which a child is to be born into the spacious outer world at first the infant finds it very difficult to reconcile itself to its new existence it cries as if not wishing to be separated from its narrow abode and imagining that life is restricted to that limited space 
it is reluctant to leave its home but nature forces it into this world having come into its new conditions it finds that it has passed from darkness into a sphere of radiance from gloomy and restricted surroundings it has been transferred to an environment spacious and delightful its nourishment was the blood of the mother now it finds delicious food to enjoy its new life is filled with brightness and beauty it looks with wonder and delight upon the mountains meadows and fields of green the rivers and fountains the wonderful stars it breathes the life-quickening atmosphere and then it praises god for its release from the confinement of its former condition and attainment to the freedom of a new realm this analogy expresses the relation of the temporal world to the life hereafter the transition of the soul of man from darkness and uncertainty to the light and reality of the eternal kingdom at first it is very difficult to welcome death but after attaining its new condition the soul is grateful for it has been released from the bondage of the limited to enjoy the liberties of the unlimited it has been freed from a world of sorrow grief and trials to live in a world of unending bliss and joy the phenomenal and physical have been abandoned in order that it may attain the opportunities of the ideal and spiritual therefore the souls of those who have passed away from earth and completed their span of mortal pilgrimage in the titanic disaster have hastened to a world superior to this they have soared away from these conditions of darkness and dim vision into the realm of light these are the only considerations which can comfort and console those whom they have left behind furthermore these events have deeper reasons their object and purpose is to teach man certain lessons we are living in a day of reliance upon material conditions men imagine that the great size and strength of a ship perfection of machinery or the skill of a navigator will ensure safety but these disasters sometimes take place that men may know that god is the real protector if it be the will of god to protect man a little ship may escape destruction whereas the greatest and most perfectly constructed vessel with the best and most skilful navigator may not survive a danger such as was present on the ocean the purpose is that the people of the world may turn to god the one protector that human souls may rely upon his preservation and know that he is the real safety these events happen in order that man's faith may be increased 
and strengthened therefore although we feel sad and disheartened we must supplicate god to turn our hearts to the kingdom and pray for these departed souls with faith in his infinite mercy so that although they have been deprived of this earthly life they may enjoy a new existence in the supreme mansions of the heavenly father let no one imagine that these words imply that man should not be thorough and careful in his undertakings god has endowed man with intelligence so that he may safeguard and protect himself therefore he must provide and surround himself with all that scientific skill can produce he must be deliberate thoughtful and thorough in his purposes build the best ship and provide the most experienced captain yet withal let him rely upon god and consider god as the one keeper if god protects nothing can imperil man's safety and if it be not his will to safeguard no amount of preparation and precaution will avail seven april twenty third nineteen twelve at metropolitan african methodist episcopal church m street northwest washington d c bethel literary society notes by joseph h hannon as i stand here to-night and look upon this assembly i am reminded curiously of a beautiful bouquet of violets gathered together in varying colors dark and light this is an evidence and indication that the united states of america is a just and free government for i see the colored and white races seated together in perfect harmony and agreement hearts are united this just government makes such a meeting possible you should thank god continually that you enjoy the security and protection of a government which furthers your development and rules with impartial equity and equality toward all even as a father for in the human world there is no greater blessing this evening i will speak to you upon scientific subjects the virtues of humanity are many but science is the most noble of them all the distinction which man enjoys above and beyond the station of the animal is due to this paramount virtue it is a bestowal of god it is not material it is divine science is an effulgence of the sun of reality the power of investigating and discovering the verities of the universe the means by which man finds a pathway to god all the powers and attributes of man are human and hereditary in origin outcomes of nature's processes except the intellect which is supernatural 
through intellectual and intelligent inquiry science is the discoverer of all things it unites present and past reveals the history of bygone nations and events and confers upon man to-day the essence of all human knowledge and attainment throughout the ages by intellectual processes and logical deductions of reason this superpower in man can penetrate the mysteries of the future and anticipate its happenings science is the first emanation from god toward man all created beings embody the potentiality of material perfection but the power of intellectual investigation and scientific acquisition is a higher virtue specialized to man alone other beings and organisms are deprived of this potentiality and attainment god has created or deposited this love of reality in man the development and progress of a nation is according to the measure and degree of that nation's scientific attainments through this means its greatness is continually increased and day by day the welfare and prosperity of its people are assured all blessings are divine in origin but none can be compared with this power of intellectual investigation and research which is an eternal gift producing fruits of unending delight man is ever partaking of these fruits all other blessings are temporary this is an everlasting possession even sovereignty has its limitations and overthrow this is a kingship and dominion which none may usurp or destroy briefly it is an eternal blessing and divine bestowal the supreme gift of god to man therefore you should put forward your most earnest efforts toward the acquisition of science and arts the greater your attainment the higher your standard in the divine purpose the man of science is perceiving and endowed with vision whereas he who is ignorant and neglectful of this development is blind the investigating mind is attentive alive the mind callous and indifferent is deaf and dead a scientific man is a true index and representative of humanity for through processes of inductive reasoning and research he is informed of all that appertains to humanity its status conditions and happenings he studies the human body politic understands social problems and weaves the web and texture of civilization in fact science may be likened to a mirror wherein the infinite forms and images of existing things are revealed and reflected 
it is the very foundation of all individual and national development without this basis of investigation development is impossible therefore seek with diligent endeavor the knowledge and attainment of all that lies within the power of this wonderful bestowal we have already stated that science or the attribute of scientific penetration is supernatural and that all other blessings of god are within the boundary of nature what is the proof of this all created things except man are captives of nature the stars and suns swinging through infinite space all earthly forms of life and existence whether mineral vegetable or animal come under the dominion and control of natural law man through scientific knowledge and power rules nature and utilizes her laws to do his bidding according to natural limitations he is a creature of earth restricted to life upon its surface but through scientific utilization of material laws he soars in the sky sails upon the ocean and dives beneath it the products of his invention and discovery so familiar to us in daily life were once mysteries of nature for instance man has brought electricity out of the plane of the invisible into the plane of the visible harnessed and imprisoned that mysterious natural agent and made it the servant of his needs and wishes similar instances are many but we will not prolong man as it were takes the sword out of nature's hand and with it for his scepter of authority dominates nature itself nature is without the crown of human faculties and attributes man possesses conscious intelligence and reflection nature is minus this is an established fundamental among philosophers man is endowed with volition and memory nature has neither man can seek out the mysteries latent in nature whereas nature is not conscious of her own hidden phenomena man is progressive nature is stationary without the power of progression or retrogression man is endowed with ideal virtues for example intellection volition among them faith confession and acknowledgment of god while nature is devoid of all these the ideal faculties of man including the capacity of scientific acquisition are beyond nature's ken these are powers whereby man is differentiated and distinguished from all other forms of life this is the bestowal of divine idealism the crown adorning human heads notwithstanding the gift of this supernatural power 
it is most amazing that materialists still consider themselves within the bonds and captivity of nature the truth is that god has endowed man with virtues powers and ideal faculties of which nature is entirely bereft and by which man is elevated distinguished and superior we must thank god for these bestowals for these powers he has given us for this crown he has placed upon our heads how shall we utilize these gifts and expand these bounties by directing our efforts toward the unification of the human race we must use these powers in establishing the oneness of the world of humanity appreciate these virtues by accomplishing the unity of the white and colored races devote this divine intelligence to the perfecting of amity and accord among all branches of the human family so that under the protection and providence of god the east and west may hold each other's hands and become as lovers then will mankind be as one nation one race and kind as waves of one ocean although these waves may differ in form and shape they are waves of the same sea flowers may be variegated in colors but they are all flowers of one garden trees differ though they grow in the same orchard all are nourished and quickened into life by the bounty of the same rain all grow and develop by the heat and light of the one sun all are refreshed and exhilarated by the same breeze that they may bring forth varied fruits this is according to the creative wisdom if all trees bore the same kind of fruit it would cease to be delicious in their never-ending variety man finds enjoyment instead of monotony and now as i look into your faces i am reminded of trees varying in color and form but all bearing luscious and delectable fruits fragrant and delightful to the inner and outer senses the radiance and spirituality of this meeting is through the favor of god our hearts are uplifted in thankfulness to him praise be to god you are living upon the great continent of the west enjoying the perfect liberty security and peace of this just government there is no cause for sorrow or unhappiness anywhere every means of happiness and enjoyment are about you for in this human world there is no greater blessing than liberty you do not know i who for forty years have been a prisoner do know i do know the value and blessing of liberty for you have been and are now living in freedom 
and you have no fear of anybody is there a greater blessing than this freedom liberty security these are the great bestowals of god therefore praise ye god i will now pray in your behalf End of section 11